The Chargers got off to a great start against the Jacksonville Jaguars and looked like they were going to give Justin Herbert his first playoff win. Instead, all they got was historic collapse. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons. This is our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. A tough day to do it. And make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show wherever you get your podcast from. Well, David, today we have to talk about a historic collapse by the Chargers in the playoffs where they had a 27-point lead and let it all crumble away and ended up doing the most embarrassing thing that they could do in that spot. And really, it's hard to know if the Chargers are moving in the right direction when something that is so so much of a Chargers thing ends up happening again. And Chargers fans, how do you ever get past that, right? So we're going to talk about kind of where the blame lies at this point. Are the coaching staff safe at this point? How much of it falls on Justin Herbert's play as the franchise quarterback and just where everything went wrong. Pretty much all the things that worried you this season ended up coming to fruition. Then you have the defense starting off great, but then allowing 31 straight points. How much of the blame do they have to shoulder in this one? And also Joey Bosa had some really, really questionable, you know, things that he did in this game that we'll talk about as well, because he definitely cost the Chargers somewhat just, you know, and so did a lot of people. But today's episode of Locked on Chargers is presented by Prize Picks, my favorite daily fantasy. But Prize Picks pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked On. <sighs> David, this is a really, really tough game to talk about. Obviously, this was a crazy lead that the Chargers got out to just to have it go in such a Chargers fashion. I mean, only team ever to lose a 5-0 turnover battle. Third worst postseason collapse in NFL history, the biggest blown lead in franchise history. There's just no way to look at this as a positive. Some teams might be able to get that out of a playoff loss and a playoff run. It's hard to feel that way about the Chargers. It is. I mean, it, you just go from, uh, you know, the feeling of, of pure euphoria. Just nothing could go wrong. Everything was going right. It just seemed like it was a dream. And unfortunately, that dream turned into a nightmare very, very quickly in the second half. And you just saw that, you know, the, a place where the energy was completely sucked out, just slowly start to creep back in and then really start to take off and the chargers never adjusted to the adjustment and that turned into one of the most disgusting, despicable collapses that we've ever seen. And it's so hard to point at one thing that went wrong, right? I mean, pretty much everywhere you look for the chargers, whether it's special teams, offense or defense, something went wrong and something has to go terribly wrong. If you have a game of this epic proportion that you end up losing 27 to zero and it just, it feels like such a wasted opportunity. It was such a wasted opportunity. And I mean, looking at the offense and defense, I mean, the defense, five turnovers forced, right? One on special teams with a muff pump, but Asante Samuel Jr., three interceptions in this game. I mean, it's crazy. First player to ever do that in their postseason debut. 
yet it all kind of goes down the drain. And I mean, if you're looking at both sides, the defense allows 31 straight points without a stop. Any stop in the middle of that probably wins you this game. But to me, the offense, David, I mean, both sides, the offense only scores three points after scoring with four minutes and 25 seconds left in the second quarter. Like, and we knew those offensive droughts were going to end up coming back to haunt them, right? We knew the defensive inconsistencies were going to come back to haunt them. And it just seems like everyone kind of has to take a part in the blame in this because it was just such a, a full meltdown. Like there wasn't anyone on the team that didn't have a meltdown. Everybody deserves blame. Yeah, I mean, the, the offense was was going very, very well, and then they completely sputtered to a com- complete halt. The defense was flying around, making all kinds of plays, going crazy, and then they couldn't get it going in the second half, and they completely lost all of their momentum and all of their mojo. All of that swag was gone, and, you know, it was just completely snatched right from them. And, you know, maybe the, the you know, the, the coaches with the more steady hand is – is the one that, that got the victory in that game. And, you know, the, the one that was able to make the adjustments and be able to, you know, do the right things to, to give their team the chance to win. And that's exactly what we saw in this game from the Jaguars. They, they, they got absolutely trampled in the first half, but they didn't, you know, they didn't get down on themselves. They came back and they beat the chargers and it's really, really hard to talk about. It's really hard to fathom that 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 happened. You know, so much failure from every single part of your organization. You know, your special teams unit, you missed a couple of field goals. Your defense completely just is non-existent in the second half. Your offense completely non-existent in the second half. I don't know what happened in the second half for everything to go so completely horribly wrong, but it all did. It did, and it's just it's hard to fathom how things could go that poorly and i mean this is you know come from people who have covered the charges and followed them for even longer right almost our whole lives we've seen oh, a yeah. lot it still feels like this is maybe the most embarrassing loss in playoff history for the Chargers. they did get boat race in the super bowl i guess that's probably a little bit worse but i mean this one at least they got to the they, super bowl. <laughs> sure for sure and i mean they weren't leading that game like that right. either you know so yeah. it's just a lot different but like to to give that up and i mean for Brandon Staley to come up with such a brilliant game plan just for just to not be able to make the adjustments after the Jaguars adjusted really sucks. I mean, Joe Lombardi, my God, because I mean, you talked about the offense, right? But like also how many of those drives are set up by turnovers, right? Like the offense had the easy part of it in the first half. Oh, yeah. They got set up with insanely good situations where they should score on those, right? When it just had to be them manufacturing it themselves, they weren't nearly as good. And I think that's, it's hard to know who's safe. It feels like no one should be safe, whether it's the general manager or the head coach or the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator. It feels like nobody should be safe, but it feels like at least in the aftermath of this, David, that some of these coaches are safe. And it doesn't feel like still, even after a performance like this, to me, that Brandon Staley is going anywhere. It seems like the Chargers have already made up their mind. He is coming back. The players have come out to vouch for him. How do you see kind of the Chargers coaches and stuff playing out now in these next few days? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the sentiments out there that Brandon Staley is, is probably going to be staying on as head coach of the Chargers. I don't think that that's you know, going to change. However, I do feel like there is going to be s- some coordinators that are going to get fired. And I think it's probably going to be both offense and possibly defense as well. I think offense for sure. I think Joe Lombardi is definitely gone. I don't think there's anything that that's going to be able to happen to come out with it to his defense after we really repeatedly throughout this entire season pointed out so many different ways 
that he failed Justin Herbert in this Chargers offense and really did not accentuate what Justin Herbert is capable of doing and really tailoring an offense after saying that they were going to tailor an offense and have Justin Herbert become the offensive system. We don't feel like, honestly, I don't feel like that ever happened. Uh, I feel like you are trying to fit him into that particular system instead of really building it to where you can utilize what he is, which is a big arm, super athletic, can really run, can really throw on their run. Just didn't see enough of those elements in the offense, which is why I feel like he's, you know, that's the easiest decision to make is to get rid of him and really get to some, get somebody in the building that is going to really build this offense for Justin Herbert. Someone that you could be excited to work with Justin Herbert, right? And yeah. I think that going with Lombardi, maybe even Ronaldo Hill, it feels like the bare minimum, right? And yeah. I think that it even feels like it's not enough with how bad this went, right? But, like, it feels like that's the most likely scenario as we're sitting here right now. We'll be here all week, right? We don't stop. We're back five shows a week. We will be here with you guys. We might need to take an emotional day at some point. But as of right now, we're going, right? And we have a lot to talk about for sure. There's still so much to get into with this team. But it feels like that's the bare minimum. It feels like Tom Telesco's job should be in jeopardy. It feels like Brand Staley's job could be in jeopardy. And Jim Trotter, who's an NFL reporter, has already come out and saying the Chargers really don't even have Sean Payton, Sean Payton in their sights at all right now. And he's pretty sure they're keeping Brandon Staley, but there could be other changes to the staff. That feels like the absolute bare minimum that they could do. But I do have more confidence that Brandon Staley can be a good coach than Joe Lombardi changing basically the fundamentals of his offense, which I just don't agree with, with Justin Herbert at the helm. But Justin Herbert is the franchise quarterback. He does shoulder some of the blame. I still think that people are being way too harsh on him considering how this game played out. So we're going to talk about that and some of the pivotal moments that could have changed things for the Chargers offense to get things back on track and go finish this game, which they just weren't able to do. But first, I do need to tell you guys about my favorite daily fantasy site. And of course, I'm talking about prize picks. All you have to do is pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win and you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the prize picks projections. And right now, it can be very hard to even watch football. So I'm not even going to bring that up. But with prize picks, you can also make entries on the NBA, which is going on. MLB is coming back soon. NHL is going on. You got PGA, college football, men's college, basketball, women's college, basketball, whatever you're looking for, you can find it on prize picks. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. You can seriously make a ton of entries. It takes like no time at all. So make sure to download the prize picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. You put in 100, they will give you 100. If you put in 50, they will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. Also, this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Unfortunately, life doesn't come with a user manual, so when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. I know a lot of people have definitely felt stuck, and when I'm feeling the way I'm feeling right now, therapy is one of the things that definitely helps me cope and make my way through. I mean, therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. Thank God I have done therapy because it's given me a lot of coping skills this weekend for sure that I've needed and BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and accessible anywhere, 100% online. You don't have to wait to get in. You don't have to try to shuffle and reschedule appointments to have to drive somewhere. Save gas money. Do it all 100% remote with BetOnline. Everyone deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started as the world's largest therapy service. All the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. So get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash locked on. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. 
the offense to me, David, was something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about the Chargers run defense, which played its part in this game as well, especially at the end on a gigantic play. But I said to me, when we did that buy or sell, I sold it because I said that I think at some point the offense going a long time and stalling was going to be what ended up dooming this team. And that played a huge factor in this game. The Chargers scored their last point. Or they scored with four minutes and 25 seconds left to go up 27 to zero. Should have been a touchdown there, right? Should have went up even 31 to zero there. They didn't end up scoring after that, or they only ended up scoring three points the rest of the game. It's inexcusable. They do miss a field goal, which I think they should have went for. Talk about that a little bit. But like, it's hard to find the redeeming parts of this game for the Chargers offense. It was great when they did score in the red zone. Two of the red zone touchdowns that they got, though, were coming straight off of Jaguars turnovers, right? They ended up scoring two touchdowns that started inside the 18-yard line or less. They ended up getting 17 points from drive starting inside the Jaguars' 18-yard line. Like, those are easy opportunities where your defense is basically getting you points there and obviously you put it in the end zone, which is great. But still, I mean, that definitely dilutes the offensive performance. Like, they were doing well when they got the ball, but they were getting put up in some very, very generous situations for sure and that's what's so frustrating is after that after the chargers go up 27-0 there was a noticeable kind of clench by this chargers offense it got noticeably more stale you add that in with the loss of deandre carter in this game which the chargers were so ill prepared for and you had to play michael bandy the rest of the game which is not a situation you should be in in the playoffs and also you lose you jamari sawyer in this game. for what why? Why was that a move that you made before this game? That makes no sense to me. And then I mean, you didn't even have anyone, right? Like what? Bring up Jason Moore. Like it just you have to have more bodies, obviously, whoever that body is for sure. But it just they were so ill prepared. Their wide receiver room was not ready to deal with the losses that you had over the last two weeks, which makes it more frustrating with the Mike Williams situation as well, David, just because I think he can make a difference in this game. I'd say probably so uh, yeah. when, you, when you're having such a hard time converting on third downs and the things that plagued them in the second half. But either way, there were so many moments where they could have gotten back in this game and just didn't. Well, Daniel, they had nine possessions in the first half. Nine. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, obviously, the you know the multiple interceptions led to all of those possessions, but it's such a drastic and stark difference from the second half where they only touched the ball four times, four times in the entire half. The Jaguars really did a phenomenal job of playing keep away and really getting that quick passing game going and staying on the field. I mean, they had several really, really long drives that really shortened the game and the Chargers just did nothing with their opportunities. They could not get drives going. They couldn't sustain any kind of offense. It was ugly. I mean, it just any time, like you said, any time where they were forced to really have to go down the length of the football field, they were unable to do so. Yeah, they had one drive, touchdown drive that went 62 yards. You're still starting at the 38, which is pretty good. But yeah. these are where the game was lost to me. I mean, you're up 7-0. Herbert has Keenan Allen wide open in the end zone. He goes sard- a sidearm kind of throw. They end up having to settle for a field goal because it hits off a Jag- Jaguars player's helmet, right? You'd like to see yeah. him go over the top there, score a touchdown. Either way, you're up 10-0 at that point. When you're up 24-0, you have a play where Justin Herbert just straight up whiffs on a wide open pass to Keenan Allen. It happens. You're not going to be perfect, right? That it's it sucks, obviously. But to start the third quarter, the Chargers get the ball. They're up already in the game, and they have a first and ten at the Jaguars 38. The first play ends up being a play action rollout. Gerald Everett ends up not being able to crowd a hot pass on the sideline. Second place. 
that Justin Herbert gets flushed out of the pocket, tries to throw it to Keenan Allen, it goes off his fingertips, you get nothing out of that. And then on third and 10, you run a screen play, right? You're on the brink of field goal range. You run a screen and you don't even let Justin Herbert throw a pass the line of scrimmage. That's obviously terrible. Up 30 to 20, third and three, Justin Herbert gets flushed out, throws incomplete to Josh Palmer in the end zone, would have gotten called back for holding anyways. Cameron Dicker ends up missing a 40-yard field goal. It was fourth and three. You changed it. You were trying to change it from a two-score game to a two-score game at that point. You're up by 13 points. You're trying to make it a 16-point lead. Yeah, you make them have to get two touchdowns, two-point conversions. But still, I mean, I wouldn't have minded them going for the finish there at all. It wasn't really going to be possible since they, you know, got a holding call anyways. They don't go for it. They miss the field goal. Only Cameron Dicker's second missed field goal of the season. And a play that, I mean, the only other field goal he missed was 50-plus yards. And this one he misses from 40. Totally uncharacteristic. And then you have, you know, the plays at the end of the game. You're up 30 to 28. You can put the game away. Pressure gets to Herbert on first down. He gets sacked. You ended up starting with second and 17. That was great. Second down, you run a screen pass to Austin Eckler on second and 17 to gain four yards. Set yourself up with the game on the line for a third and 13. And then pressure gets to Herbert on third down. He has to check down to Josh Kelly. Like, there were so many moments where things could have changed. And some of that goes on Justin Herbert. And a lot of people are like, well, you guys have to hold Justin Herbert accountable. I, there's some blame there, David. It's just for me, like Justin Herbert is pretty far down the list of where I'm going as far as the blame I'm putting on this team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, hey, they, they didn't run the ball at all. They did not get anything going on the ground whatsoever. What? 23 carries for 67 yards, less than three yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it really, really difficult for Justin Herbert to have to put everything on his shoulders when there is no threat of a rushing attack outside of the red zone whatsoever. They got nothing going. So you, you're really putting a lot of pressure on him to have to you know make plays, and that didn't really happen. I mean, hey, you got to give Gerald Everett some credit. He had a pretty good game in this one, and you know we thought that that was going to be an avenue where the Chargers were going to be able to find some success. But that was pretty much it. Keenan Allen had a kind of pedestrian game. And outside of that, no one else really showed up. No one else really yeah. made any plays for this offense. And that's really where they needed somebody just to show up and say, hey, I'm going to be the one to take over this game. I don't really feel like we saw anybody do that for the Chargers. I mean, how many wide open throws did you see Justin Herbert get to make in the second half? I mean, you can look at all those stalled drives. I mean, there wasn't much going on. Obviously, you're running at that point Josh Palmer, Keenan Allen, and Michael Bandy out there. Josh Palmer only comes away with two catches in this game. You're definitely looking for him to step up more with the absence of Mike Williams for sure. And then just, I mean, the problem was once you got up 27-0, you had ran okay up till that point, and then yeah. you just could not rely on it at all. The first five yeah. runs of the second half, Went for a combined zero yards. And not only is that not helping you, I mean, it's making things so much worse because now Justin Herbert's having to throw in, you know, second and nine and third and 10 and all these yeah. bad situations while you also have someone like Foster Sarah in that left tackle because the pressure started getting home on the offense. I understand some people putting some way on Justin Herbert. You're a franchise quarterback that's always going to come along with the job. He missed a couple of throws in this game. He shouldn't have to be perfect. Trevor Lawrence yeah. threw four interceptions in this game, right? Justin yeah. Herbert was the better quarterback in this game. Josh Allen had three turnovers. Like, Justin Herbert wasn't actively hurting his team and putting his defense in bad positions. He missed some throws for sure, but the team couldn't win around him. I mean, after the turnovers, the defense just, I mean, totally fell flat. The Chargers could not adjust, and the Chargers defense gives up 31 straight. And the Chargers offense, even though they moved the ball in a couple of drives, end up stalling out. They don't get aggressive on fourth down. They miss field goals, and that's a wrap. And that's how you blow 
one of the biggest leads that the NFL has ever seen in the playoffs. And the Chargers managed to do that. But the defense definitely doesn't totally get away with it, even after the fall start or you know, the fast start, I should say, with the interceptions by Asante Samuel Jr. And Joey Bosa, one of the leaders of the team, helping in their demise. So we're going to get into the defensive side of things and where the blame kind of lies there coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys about something that's made me feel a little bit better after this Chargers game. It was the ultimate football GM app. One of the best games that I've played on my phone probably ever. And then one thing that I wanted to do was try to do things the right way after seeing the Chargers fizzle out and all the roster construction problems and coaching problems that they had. I I fired some coaches on Ultimate Football GM. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But with Ultimate Football GM, that's what you're in control of. You hire the right coaches and coordinators. You trade players. You make draft picks. And you navigate your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. On a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go. Play it whenever you want to. And right now, guys, since you listen to this show, Locked On Chargers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On, all caps, in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Time to get back to this cold, you know, historic collapse by the Chargers and the worst part of the defense for me in this game, David, was just the fact that they had the game plan almost so perfectly set up. Like the Chargers couldn't have gotten off to a better start in this game. And obviously, as you know, Chargers fans, you know, the Chargers do great things only so they can set you up for heartbreak later on. And you just, it, it's how do you ever feel good about any lead ever again if you're a Chargers fan after seeing this? How could, and not that you, you did as Chargers fans feel good about the lead because it's still, is always scary. David, me, were texting me like, is this really happening? This is crazy. And I was like, this lead scares me. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It, it, we all kind of feel that way. But, David, I mean, we also weren't expecting, you know, Asante Samuel Jr., three interceptions in the first half. No one's ever done that in their playoff debut before. You have Drew Tranquil getting the interception, the Chargers getting points off of a muff punt. Like, it couldn't have started out any better for this Chargers defense. And you saw the game plan was there. They, they had everything locked up at the beginning. They held the Jacksonville Jaguars to 2 of 10 on third down in this game. They were absolutely dominant. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was absolutely, I mean, he was distraught. He was beside himself from the interceptions that he was throwing, and he just couldn't believe it. But that's because the Chargers defense had him confused. I mean, had him, you know, rushing, got some good pressure on him in the first half. Like, he yeah. really had to make him change where he was going to go, took away his first read, changed up the site picture, made him have to process, uh, you know, post-snap, all the things that you wanted to, to see the Chargers defense do, they did. And, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was exciting. It was awesome to watch. Like, they, they were really, really, really dominant. I mean, that was – I mean, that first quarter was probably the best defensive quarter I have ever seen – any game in my entire life. I mean, they absolutely were destroying them, but it just couldn't stay that, that, you know, that, that, that positivity, it, it just got sucked out. I mean, it just, when they scored that late touchdown in the second half, you know, right before, not in the first half, excuse me, right before halftime, that's when you kind of felt that felt things change, you know, even after having such a dominant performance, that's when, the air started to come back in, into the stadium and you really felt like, man, are the chargers going to let them come back into this? I mean, even, even at 27 to seven, you just couldn't feel comfortable. You, you, you just knew that something felt different. 
Yeah, and that's something that the Chargers haven't been good at, right? Stopping people right before halftime. That was a problem we saw kind of leak out in multiple games so far already this season, right? And just the last game of the season, right before halftime, you give up a 50-yard pass. And in this game, you end up giving up another long play, and you end up giving up points right before halftime. They get a touchdown. And the part that hurt about that the most is right before that, the Chargers had a third and one where they decided that instead of doing a quarterback sneak, potentially third and inches, really. I mean, it was a really short game that they needed to keep the ball, potentially add on before the half and make it even worse than 27 to zero. You try to run a jet sweep with Michael Bandy. He doesn't even know the check call from Justin Herbert, who checked in that. I think it was just going to be a straight up handoff up the middle, which I think probably gets stuffed anyways. It wasn't a quarterback sneak, at least from what we've heard come out afterwards. Go quarterback sneak there every time. I mean, you have a 6'6 quarterback, put people behind him, go push him. Everybody in the league is doing it. The Chargers end up trying to hand off to Michael Bandy, who doesn't know it's coming. He fumbles that they end up recovering it and have to punt back, losing field position, giving the Jaguars the momentum to get that score before halftime. It was infuriating. And it's another thing I think that's just another nail in the coffin of Joe Lombardi. I know we're talking about defense, but the Chargers defense giving that up definitely started things in the wrong direction. I mean, they ended up giving up another, what, you know, 24 points after that. So, like, they gave up 24 straight points. They go five straight possessions where they give up points. And there's it's just more missed opportunities, right, David? I mean, this is the really tough part. You're up 30 to 20. You have a second and 19. Jasir Taylor gets called for pass interference on Marvin Jones. At worst, that's a third and 14. And the Chargers have a great shot to get off of the field. Yeah. They, I, I thought it was ticky-tack. I, I mean, I oh, thought it was, was kind of bang-bang, and I didn't think he made any kind of really – any kind of contact that was substantial at all. He might have got there a smidgen sure, too early. Sure, sure, but, but he did man, a pretty good job going around and breaking that ball. That? Like, man, 100%. And especially because, I mean, defensively, the Chargers weren't getting any holding calls, which is part of what set Joey yes. Bosa off on a you know crazy rampage that we saw him go on. Totally uncharacteristic for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the running game was still bad. 21 carries, 117 yards, 5.6 yards per carry right on brand. Totally. But like in that situation, I mean, you don't, you obviously don't pass interfere. That's a rookie mistake, but just here yeah. to I still think it was ticky tack, but it, you, you let them have third and 14. If they're going to give you that little check down, you're going to get a great opportunity to get off the field. They're deep in their own territory. I don't think that the Jaguars end up going for it on that unless, you know, they get maybe 12, 13 yards or something like that. That was a great opportunity. Kyle Van Noy oh, dropped interception man. on the last drive. Would have that sealed hurt. the game more than likely for the Chargers. Oh, it would have put him at least, sure. Yeah, in field goal range to get one first down. The game's over. It was a tougher play than it looks. Still a play you got to come down with. I mean, it, he's throwing it Get hard. Right in the hands. He's probably six, seven feet away from him. That's a tough ball still. Yeah. I mean, it's a game ceiling play right there. Yeah, You're at least inside the 20 if he catches that. Oh, and yeah. then you get another chance to really seal the game. Fourth and one, time draining away. You get a stop, you win the game. And the Jaguars totally played the Chargers. They knew they were going to crowd the middle. They knew they were going to play the quarterback sneak. Instead, they gave Asante Samuel Jr. one-on-one opportunity, and Asante couldn't keep the edge. Had a chance for probably a tackle for loss if he doesn't get his eyes caught in the middle and is trying to see if there's a sneak, right? Yeah. And on that play, also, Lohi Gilman gets held and tackled, uh, which would have put them at fourth and 11 with a crazy, you know, no chance at a field goal right there, and the Chargers probably win the game there. Either way, I I mean, there was the opportunities there where this defense had time and time again. Yes, I know you did great at the beginning. Five straight drives. I mean, the thing is, if you just had alternated it and you're just one and one, it doesn't feel like you had as good of a game because every other drive, you know, you're giving up a touchdown. But 
to give yeah. up 31 straight with all those chances. Like you had the chance to seal the game. The offense definitely deserves blame, but the defense deserves some too. The defense definitely deserves some blame. I mean, they, they could not get anything going in that second half. They didn't get any pressure at no all pressure. on Trevor. God. Not at all. He was very comfortable. He was getting the ball out quickly. And I mean, they were sticking to the game plan. They wanted to get the ball out to their their uh, their speed guys. So they're losing Michael Davis athletes. hurt a lot too. Oh, I mean, that was, was a horrible. huge blow I mean, in this game. Yeah, it, it was you know that was catastrophic. I mean, Michael Davis really truly b- playing the best football that he's been playing the entire season. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic until he got hurt, and you know that completely changed the entire dynamic of what this defense was capable of doing. You know, to where they were really comfortable letting these guys play man to man on certain guys and and really mixing up the coverages on, on other time on in other situations that just limited what they were able to do and i know that they were mixing in jazeer taylor early, you know later on in, in the year but to have you know him have to step up and replace what michael davis has done and what he has been that's a really really tough ask i mean yeah. michael davis is really playing like one of the best corners in the NFL. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really tough, but yeah, the, the chargers defense just didn't do anything. Like I said, they just did not adjust to the adjustment. I mean, and that's the, the ever going chest match in football, you know, someone's going to adjust, you got to adjust off of them. And, and unfortunately for the chargers, they really just didn't do that. They were not able to adjust to be able to quell what the Jaguars were, were able to do. And, and they rode that all the way to a victory. And now we talk about Joey Bosa, who had, you know, not a good game, be just generally speaking. But the worst part was the penalties that he brought yeah. on the Chargers. I mean, up twenty-seven to seven, you have a third and seven. The Chargers get a sack that would have made it fourth and twenty-three. Would have had to force a fifty-plus yard field goal while they're up already twenty-seven to seven. Joey Bosa gets called for lining up offsides. Jags get a touchdown right after, make it twenty-seven fourteen, two-score game. Unsportsmanlike conduct where the ref was super unprofessional and got in his face and like that was ridiculous. That was crazy. I don't know what Joey Bosa said, but for the ref to act like that in a playoff game was insane. I don't care what he said. He was chasing after Joey and was like, "Hey, like I'm gonna like he he was begging, like egging him on, like, hey, say one more thing and I'm gonna throw this flag. Like, excuse me, bro. Like, do your job. Like, hey, you you admonished him already. Like, let it let that be the end of it. Go, you know, go back to doing your job and leave the player alone. But no, you had to get in his face and then you basically gave him that penalty. It just it's disgusting. And that didn't do much. I, I mean, that was a kickoff. You know, they enforced sure. on the kickoff. But the one that's really inexcusable. I mean, Jaguars score, score to cut the lead to four points. Joey Bosa goes because he was held on the play, ends up going yeah, off the field, slams his helmet before he gets off the field, which is like you stop two steps of having what you're doing actually be legal, yeah. right? And then Brandon Saley picks his helmet up, hands it back to Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa slams it on the ground again right after. I mean, that's ridiculous behavior. Uh, I mean, it, it's obviously crazy, and what it leads to is the Jaguars, instead of kicking a PAT to make it a three-point game, they decide to go for two, because it's only a one-yard gain that they have to make to get in the end zone. They easily convert on a Trevor Lawrence sneak, and that's that's all it is. I mean, people are saying to trade Joey Bosa. That's wrong. <laughs> you need this dude to come back and be an all-pro for you to get where you want to go because there's a lot of other questions outside of him for sure. Trust it, me, it was that too, but like you're not going to do that to one of the best defensive players in the league. Also, by the way, he's coming off of a major injury where there's no way of knowing if he is 100% or if he's still hurting he, but he gave everything he could to come back and, and try to help this team win. 
yeah, is it frustrating to see him do that? Absolutely it is. I mean, it's not something you ever want to see, but this dude gets whole, gets held pretty much every single snap that he is rushing the passer. It, I feel like you could call a holding call every single time. It, it's just, and for him, I know that's got to be frustrating, but also you got to know the moment you got to, you got to keep that under wraps. You got to try to control that because that could be the difference in a game. Well, let's just be honest. Like it, it was inexcusable, inexcusable to do in that moment for a leader, yeah. for a veteran, for sure. You can't do it. And the chargers just in this game generally just didn't get enough out of their stars they didn't get yeah. enough from their defensive stars down the stretch of this game whether it's Quill Mack whether it's Joey Bosa whether it's Derwin James you look at them you didn't get enough from them towards yeah. the end of that game really you know they didn't show up enough in the Chargers they, they may not have been the biggest contributors why the defense had the total collapse but you need those guys to step up and make special plays and special moments and they just didn't you got special plays from Asante Samuel Jr. right you got some here and there Drew Tranquil you just didn't get those when you needed them late in this game when you had many chances to seal it. The Chargers couldn't get enough out of their star players. Guys, they're paying 20-plus million dollars didn't come through. And you have to have those guys coming through in those moments. So the Chargers just didn't. So we will be here. Obviously, it starts the offseason. There's a lot to get to. We'll be here throughout the rest of the week while the Chargers decide who they're going to keep on this coaching staff. And we'll be here to, to react to all of it. But thank you guys again for checking it out today. I know it's not an easy time. And thank you guys for just riding with us this entire season. It's been awesome. I mean, we've had a career season with the support of you guys right and we are really really excited to keep doing this thing and following it even with all the historic collapses and, and crazy games and everything that comes along with it but thank you guys so much for making this all possible thank you guys for making us your first listen today if you need a second listen make sure to check out the locked on nfl podcast bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations and the biggest nfl stories i'll be on there one of these next ones, Locked On NFL, available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from, just like Locked On Chargers. And you can get it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Make sure you're subscribing there. And you can find it on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at Locked On LAC. Thank you guys for all of your support on social media and everything else as well. We love interacting with you guys. You can also find us on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page and at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. It was a heck of a season, guys. We really enjoy being here with you, and we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. We'll get into some buyer sales and start looking at some of the bigger picture things of where to go next for this Chargers team because it feels like a lot is in disarray right now. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.